Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Dollar Menu Midcarders. We're here for the public podcast, I've been told to say. Yeah, first one in forever. Yeah, well, you know. Since you got, January. You guys get one. <laughs> yeah, one since, a quarter. Since January. And this is it. And we're talking, well, Thanks for coming. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Yeah, no <laughs> it is, it yeah. is. We, we'll give you a little bit of something for we'll, free. We'll, we'll, give you a, we'll give you a sampling. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just a small smattering, a small, you know, little, little cheese plate put out there with a couple meats on it. <laughs> or of course Dingo Weekend. Yep. First night. What a train wreck. But that's that's <laughs> yeah, for Patreon. Patreon. Uh we had multiple cancellations day of. Mm-hmm. Uh we, we talk about this on our I can't I don't know when this will come out. This will probably come out I don't know, maybe today. I don't, who knows? But mm-hmm. so it's either on Patreon or it's gonna be mm-hmm. where we always do the show review. We'll detail the shittiness that was day one's travel. Get it, yeah, get, yeah get, get into all that. That's at patreon.com slash anarchystl. Tiers start as low as two bucks. And if you're like, Shari, you enjoy that two buck tier because yeah. it gets you the content you need. Yeah. So uh, we upload at least once a week, sometimes sometimes even more. Yeah, when well, Jeff- once a week. Sometimes. Generally, generally once a week, but sometimes right. Jeff Hardy just gets too drunk. And, and we, we have, talk about yeah, it. Then we have to do it. Oh, we got to talk about Junior soon, too. Yeah, we'll do yeah, that. Oh, we'll deep dive Patreon. into the whole McMahon. There it is. <laughs> so today we're, though, we're here with Dingo, who the tournament today is named after. So hello, Dingo. Hey, what's up? No, no, I'm just running, running a couple wrestling shows. You're doing a couple things, yeah. I know a couple things. Yeah. Now, things. I of course know you by your shoot name, Dingo Machete. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I stole it blatantly from Danny Trejo. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we uh, we're here night two, afternoon time. Because day one was a fuck. Uh, so yeah, we didn't have time to do nothing day one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jesus, I don't even know where to start with it. Like, we've known each other since high school. So many fucking years. It was weird because I knew you in high school. I knew you a little like in the neighborhood. You ran with some people that were in there. And yeah. So hey, let's deep dive into that yeah, real quick. Yeah, on not, on record. Too. Yeah, we're not gonna deep dive into that. But I knew you then. Yeah. And then like things happen, you kind of lose touch. Like you you are a few years older than me, so you were gone from high school. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of lose touch. And then I remember one day, I'm watching. Um, I think I'm watching fucking GCW public on public access. And I'm like, man, that looks like Dingo. <laughs> that looks like the guy I was in high school with. And I'll be damned if it was. Yeah, you so, can say my name. You say Horatio. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, he wears that same shirt with the goddamn diamond back on it at high school. <laughs> so we ended up... Uh, so same jeans with the knee pads on. Carhartt makes a very strong, reliable brand. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. So it's weird because i seen your very first ever match when you were Red Devil at South Broadway. You were, were you there? Yeah, yeah. You were there live? Yeah, I was there. That was a terrible, <laughs> god-awful match. Yep, I was I wrestled there. Uh, Lumberjack Andy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Both of you. St- and one of you still in the business. One of you's in this basement with us. I'll let you, the Patriots, know which one is which. Uh, yeah, I was there because I think I was still in high school. I don't, I don't know if you were or not. Were you still in high school when you had your first 99. Uh, I graduated June of 99, so no. But it would have been right after. Yeah, my first match was in October of 99. Yeah, yeah. so I was there for that because I, I went to see your first match. And I'm then, so sorry. Then after that, I'm sure at the time he thought it was great. I owe you eight. <laughs> after that, it was uh, a bit of time, and then I was like, "Oh man, that's that's Dingo on GCW." And by that time, a little bit after that, I broke into the business, and then we reconnected in the wrestling business, which is weird because like 
you and Gary are the only two people that knew me before, like, I got into the wrestling business. So it's weird. Small world, man. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So, uh... So we're just gonna, we're just gonna gonna cut to when you know Dingo, because we should probably ask him... I'm getting there! (laughs) All right! I was gonna do the old thing we do every podcast, where I go, we don't like to fucking ask people the basic question, where'd you train? But where'd you train? Okay. (laughs) What? No, no, no. First, fine. All right, we'll get to that. What made you fall in love with wrestling so much that you wanted to become a wrestler? There. Oh, okay. So, uh, just like every other kid, I grew up on like 80, well, not every other kid, every other kid of my uh, ilk and genre. Yeah. We grew, I grew up on like 80s wrestling. Yeah. So, like uh, Hogan, yeah. WWE, the Fed. Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't uh, love Hillbilly? Hacksaw Jim Dunn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, no. <laughs> like, you ain't going to get old, that two by four in there, brother. Some, uh, you know, and uh, Kamala. God, I love Kamala. No. I did like Kamala, actually. <laughs> I, uh, that's what made me fall in love with wrestling as a kid, like the old NWA stuff, uh, the new WWE stuff, mm-hmm. and then um, I kind of like separated myself from wrestling, and then I fell ass backwards into ECW, just like a lot of us did, yeah. and uh, like much to my chagrin and like my public embarrassment, I got a tattoo of my favorite wrestler, Sabu. Oh yeah, what was it, and where um, was it? I just, you know what? Gone. It, it was on my back. Yeah. It was. It, it was. And it was just a little one, right? No, no, no. <laughs> no. It covered my entire back. Oh, it did. And, yeah. And yeah. what? What? What was this of Sabu? Like, it was, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just? Yeah, just. just uh, fun. You know, it, it was an arm. It was an arm. It was this goddamn giant arm on the back of his T-shirt. But I mean, that was it. It wasn't doing anything or pointing anywhere, right? Like it was pointing directly to my head. There. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Swing here. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember that. Yeah, no, that's what got me into wrestling was uh, like the I was actually going to join the army right out of high school. Okay, and I was um, I was working at a Seven Eleven, and this lady comes in. I was talking about old school wrestling, and this lady comes in and she was like, "Hey, you know a lot about wrestling for somebody that's young?" And I go, "Okay, cool." She goes, "You ever want to try it?" I said, "Yeah, sure." She goes, "My name is Big Mama Love." I don't know if you guys remember Big Mama. Oh, no, that name no. does not no. sound familiar. Okay, no. yeah, she uh, she was. Married to a guy named uh, John Blackheart. And John, that name, yeah. Yes. And John Blackheart was a kind of an infamous wrestler in the St. Louis area back in the, like the late '90s, and uh, he took me under his wing. I started wrestling at South Broadway, and huh. then I moved on from there. Yeah. How so? You started training at Broadway. Who was doing the training there at the time? Keith was he there? Was that Randy Orton? Because I hear Randy Orton was a head trainer at South Broadway at some <laughs> he point. He was the head trainer. Uh, okay, but somebody he had something a little bit more important to do. Yeah, like I don't <laughs> know. be a child at that point. I don't know. Uh, I I trained with uh, Keith Smith yeah. and um, fucking uh, Gary J. Ja- not Gary J. Ja- uh, Gary Jackson. Ah, yeah. Gary Jackson, Keith Smith, um, and big fan of Gary Jackson. Who's that other guy? Uh, Ch- uh, rock and roll kid, Chaz Wesson. Oh, yeah, right. Chaz Wesson. Christ. A lot of old school guys. Right. Yeah, it was all right. No, it's good. It was really good. Old school warriors. Yeah. Um, and then actually, yeah, funnily enough, Randy Orton was there for like six months, and then he took off to OVW. Okay. <laughs> um, so how did you end up then hooking up with Ben uh, at GCW? Was it like there was relations with uh, Big Mama and Big Ben? No, no, no. There's no, no there's no big loving going on. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I was confused. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, cleared up for the Patriots. No, uh, like <laughs> Patriots, they're just fans. for the public. Yeah, for the public. All right, fine. You're right. You're right. Uh, Ryan Ash was there before I was. Yeah. So if anybody knows who Ryan Ash, he was. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, he's still very much alive. Former, oh! former Gateway Heritage champion. 
I don't know these <laughs> I wrestled with him at uh, Broadway for a little bit, and then he like ventured out and found uh, Ben, and mm. then was like, "Hey, you should try this out." I was like, oh, "Okay, cool. I'll, I'll go up there." So I did that, and then I left left Broadway in the dust, <laughs> yeah, never that, to return. Which was a great idea because I mean, GCW was just getting ready to take off at the time. MR it wasn't MRW no, anymore, MRW, right? Yeah, MRW yeah, was yeah, gone. Yeah, so it was just it was GCW, and they were. How long could, had it couldn't been have been, been, yeah, it couldn't have been that old. Maybe when you two went years. Yeah. MRW was gone for maybe two years, and hmm. GCW started, I want to say, like, 99. Like yeah, 99. so you were pretty much there at the start of GCW. Yeah, like one year behind, one year, one year removed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there you go. That was, uh, yeah, shit. And then I burnt it to the ground. <laughs> oh, get As you it. do. Yeah. <laughs> The life, welcome to the life and times of GCW. Well, I mean, you yeah, talk to you. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Tape, man. Trying to get that tape library. That's what we're talking um, about. Okay. <laughs> so we came in much later on to GCW. Yeah. So, but like we used to go to the shows back then. And oh like, yeah. God, they were great. Like oh, the yeah. adults up and only shows. Like me and Gary used to follow Gary. I was out of high school at this time. Gary would go around like during the lunches and skip fifth hour and just ask people <laughs> for, for ask people for change, ask people for a dollar, so that we would then pull that money together and go to the uh, adult show. That checks that, out. Yeah. At Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh, how did how did you get the uh, the money to pull together? Was it no. uh, very, very... <laughs> yeah, no, I was working a job at the time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we used to pull our money together, go to those shows. Um, so let's talk about like some of your GCW like memories from GCW like the early days like okay. we'll, we'll get yeah. into like when we start wrestling there too but like we got to talk about Reed Rain like the early days Reed. before we're That's even the there okay. like what what are some of the stuff that stands out? Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, Reed Rain obviously obviously uh, no uh, the things that stand out on the most side, is uh, like. They they were they were one of the companies that like just let us do whatever the hell we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of um, regulation. Now in right. hindsight, that's a little. There probably should have been some sort of regulation instead of like pullback. Don't do this. Don't do that. But it was right. about like a bunch of young hungry kids. Like, are you talking about like specific things? Well, like, we can get into that. Oh yeah. But, but I think you make a good point because we talk about on our Patreon podcast a lot, and when, when we were doing the public podcast, like. St. Louis wrestling, and we'll just keep it to that, is like so much different than it was way back then. So, like, yeah. when back when GCW was getting hot, you had GCW, and then there was a huge drop off, and then you had like South Broadway. Yeah, there was like, there was nothing else no, around here. No, there was, I think there was a total of three. There was like, there was South Broadway, there's mm-hmm. GCW, and then there was some other guy that just yeah. kind of like Outlaw Mud Show. Right, or Rampage, whatever. wasn't right. it? Was yeah. that Frank Reed's deal? Yeah. yeah. And um, so you're talking, damn you, Frank Reed. You're talking three promotions. At best. Yeah. At best. And you didn't have like, now I had 10. A whole bunch of right. other promotions running. Like, you didn't have that. Like, even when we were doing Anarchy, you would have Anarchy, then you'd have a big drop-off before you hit, like, the Dynamos and the Broadways right. and the SICWs. But I just named three right there. Dynamo, Broadway, SICW. And then you had, like, a whole bunch of other promotions. You know, have your opinions on them if they're good or bad. But you have your tax returns. You, you had a whole bunch of promotions where even back in the GCW days, before LWA started right. up, yeah. yeah, you only had those And three. they were so far, like, separated right. geographically because, like... Broadway never left right. Broadway. They always stayed in the center of St. Louis, and then mm-hmm. we had pretty much like the north side and the outskirts of the St. Right. Louis metropolitan area. And then Frank, uh, he just ran wherever the fuck he wanted to run, right. wherever yeah. he could. Right. Wherever he could just burn it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting 
And, and we'll get into specific matches and stuff if you want later on. But, like, you know, people bitched back in that day about GCW. Like, the payouts were either non-existent or they were bad. But, like, I don't bitch about that, really, because what GCW did that no other indie that I knew of at the time was doing is, like, they had, like, a traveling show. Like, they ran fucking Overland and DeSoto and Mount Vernon and other St. Peter's they ran. And we were getting work when we started there, like, every weekend. And yeah. we and we were new. So, yeah. like, we were, like, a year, year and a half in. And, no, we weren't getting paid. And, and people have their opinions on that. But without them and us getting those reps every single weekend wrestling, right. even if it was for nothing, yeah. like, that helps you fucking develop and get better. Like, mm-hmm. I... You read that stuff online a lot now where it's like, you should never wrestle for free. And you, as a promoter, if you can't afford a show, don't do a show. And while, sure, on its face, it's 100% right. But without GCW and having all them fucking reps and being able to go out there and wrestle, who knows? Yeah, there's like, got to be a small sacrifice. Right, like, who small, knows? Yeah, at least, you know. We've all worked for uh, little to nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Mostly nothing. Now, <laughs> back then, was the uh, Athletic Commission still around? Yeah. Did you have to get licensed? Yeah, yeah. How like, long has that been fucking around? Uh, forever. Oh, uh, jeez. I started in 1892. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, they were, yeah. When I, first, I still had my first uh, Missouri license. But we didn't have to do anything crazy. We At, at that point, you just paid for it. Okay. That was it. Oh, okay. There wasn't no, blood work or no, nothing. No, there was no oh, blood okay. work. There was no physical. There was nothing. You literally just paid the commission. The guy would come in. The inspector would come in. Pay him, and then he would make you sign a piece of paper, and then, like a couple weeks later, you get your little card in the mail, and hmm. you're done. Hmm. And then, like, I don't know, a couple. Fast forward like ten years, and then it was blood work and physical. Right. And, and then at first, it was like blood work every two years, I think. Now it's every three now, months. It's every six months, well, and then Jesus. you got to do the physical, which has to be a sports physical yeah. signed by an MD. That one's every two years, but uh, so to keep so with those early GCW days, like. Oh, yeah. What are some, like, I know that a lot of people talk about matches you had with Pete Madden in those mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Like, you guys are doing, like, I guess what would be called death matches now. I guess they were called death matches back then, too. It was but, the height of hardcore. It was yeah. the height of ECW. It was, like, super popular at the time. So, you know, it's, it's very much uh, like a life imitates art, but, like, also art kind of right. thing. Like, everybody, if you go back to, like, uh, Outlaw Mud shows and, like, you go back to, like, other independent shows even before, like, we started, you'd probably see people do, like, shit that was in the NWA or the WWE. Right. So, like, ECW happened to be hot at the time, so we were doing, like, I don't know, like, Singapore game matches and, yeah. like, uh, hard, hardcore. The, right. the generic hardcore stuff. Right. Like, some of the things that stuck out, though, is, like, I did a tables, ladders, and chairs with Billy McNeil. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was one of yeah. my favorite matches ever. Yeah. We built, like, a year and a half worth of story on that, and it paid off to, like, the house was... I, somebody said, like, oh, what's the house going to be? It was big for a St. Louis house. It was, like, like four or 500 somewhere around Which, there. Which, again, yeah. back then. It was, a, it was a big house. And there are no names? like Yeah, like, no names. All just, local just, talent. Just local people. All local talent. So, uh, yeah, that one was a good one. Like, when ECW finally folded, we brought in Rob Van Dam. Yep, I remember Nova, that. And that was fire. That was really, really cool. I mean, it was a hot shot, but it works. You know, I really sure. well. Hey. The fact that we got to do TV, that was right. such a good experience to learn how to yeah. do, like, segmented television, and we mm-hmm. would do, like, four shows in one weekend, so yep. you're learning how to uh, tell the story, yep. like, live right there, but you're, like, segmenting it out. Yep. Learning to time out the yeah. shows, yep. like, and, and still, like, 
like it's not like it was on fucking Fox Two in St. Louis or something. But doing those things, even if it's local access or just local TV, it's fucking reps and learning yeah. that might help you out when you do go somewhere and you're doing like network TV or whatever. Right. It, it's it, it gave us like this this weird opportunity to um, like when you present yourself as sort of like somebody that's a little bit more professional than you, right. and you go okay, but something you take a bump and then you look at the hard camera, you look to the the floor camera, whatever, and you're selling to it or you're doing what you're supposed to do, and they're like, oh wow, you're so experienced. Where did you come from? I'm like oh St. Louis. I got they got TV in St. Louis. I'm like, well, kind of right, but like yeah, same TV everybody has. Yeah, it's it basically <laughs> TV's TV, and if yeah. you have like an like a, a person that's talented uh, that will help you through it and teach you that kind of thing. It really, like, it really helps out. Right. Like learning that segmented time, like how to work that way. I mean, you had to be hit your times every yep. time. So you get ten minutes for your segment. That means ten minutes, bell yep. to bell. Yep. That's not even bell to bell. Open of segment to close right. of segment. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So that means you maybe get like five minutes of work. Yep. And that's the neat thing too is by learning those things, even if you're working an indie that don't have TV at all, makes you crisp. You yeah, and you know how. That's why I, like, I'll get mad sometimes when we do at Anarchy shows. Like, if people go over their time, I get pissed because in my mind, I'm like, you guys should be experienced enough to fucking put together a 10 minute match in your sleep and not go over time. Everyone yeah. should know yeah. how to do that. And you learn that by working these TV matches because then when you go to an indie that might not have TV, you're experienced enough to hit your fucking time right on the nose, which then is going to make the promoter appreciate you because then you're not. Going twenty in a ten minute segment, guaranteed. Those right. everybody else in that card, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if they're yep. local guys, yep. they're, they're going to go. They're giving ten minutes. They're going 11, 15, yep. Yep. 20. Yep. Or drastically under, which is right. I guess not as bad, but it can be if like three, four matches do that shit. Yeah. But, and it's neat because you talked about how it was like ECW was hot back then. I actually remember, which I don't know if you would ever see this in today's independent wrestling promotion, when they would promote the adults F and only shows because they had family shows and they had adult shows. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, on the flyer for the adult shows, it would say, it's just like ECW. It was like ECW with like a something else. And I forgot how they worded it. Yeah. But they actually would say, this is like ECW. Yeah. Because ECW was so hot. Like, it's not that I don't think they should have did it because that's great because yeah. it was so hot. Yeah. But it's not something someone would do today. No one would promote their show today and be like, it's like AEW, but this, or it's like WWE, but this. Like, it's like TNA, but good. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of local TNA product. But right. like, Who's you, TNA? You wouldn't, see, you wouldn't see that nowadays. Just, so like, no, you don't, no. It, and it was just way different, and uh, we were big fans of it. But by the time we finally get to GCW, it's not... I know it's not really the same as it was like when, when you when it was in its peak. In yeah, life. it hit a peak. It was going downhill at that moment. That, yeah. It was just. I was going to look at you and be like, "Don't lie to us." No, no, no it was we, just. We, the we, you let us in there. We know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like we had definitely like hit the peak, and we were starting to come down the other side of the hill at right. that point. And uh, you know, then I took it all down with me. So yeah. I wouldn't say that. As you do, I, I'm not. Look, <laughs> Captain goes down with the ship. So, I. I I've said multiple times, we've, we've done podcasts talking about like GCW and talking about Ben and all that. Yeah. And at one point, me and Ben's relationship soured. And I've talked about this publicly where we used, you, we used a handful of GCW guys for our show. Yeah. And we paid them. Yeah. Didn't, didn't pay them well. 
I'm saying we like paid them good money, but we paid them. And we would do GCW shows, and we would do like fuck four or five a month. Yeah, you guys did. And get hustling. And get nothing. And at this point, I had started running the LWA shows, and I just remember asking Ben, like, hey, man, just once a month, can you pay us what we pay your guys? Like, you don't got to pay us for the other four, but just once a month. Right. And he fucking, at that moment, fired us and then started a thing where he's like if you work for GCW you can't work for LWA because he was uh, he was mad mm. about it and that's, Ever the capitalist yeah yeah exactly. that sucked Take that, ben. it sucked for us because then we lost those reps but at that time we had gotten a little bit better we had done it for like two years and it sucked for him in my opinion because I mean and toot my own horn here but we're like our group of guys were pretty fucking over yeah, on, on the GCW absolutely. shows yeah. and he you had a hell of a lot of heat. all you guys had so much heat and right? he just stopped using us because he has bad bad form now we made up since, but since then and he unfortunately passed away and I think that Ben deserves a tremendous amount of credit for this area's wrestling like uh well, have, I mean, no, I'm, joking, have, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, they, kidding, I'm they kidding. They have that bullshit St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame. I'm glad he's in it at least. Yeah, like, Ben. Like yeah. Guys like you and Billy McNeil and Matt Seidel and Delirious and Daisy Hayes and Mischief somehow, and McManus. somehow aren't That's getting right. called to be in that motherfucking thing. But Ben's in it, and he should be in it because of all, everything he's done. I think that class stopped with Ben because yeah. that was like... The, that was the end of like the Keith Smith class, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not I'm just using it as as a as a measuring stick. I'm yeah. not calling him out personally, but like that was that end of that class, and then yeah. like there was the new class which involved a lot of the younger guys, Ryan Ash, myself. Yeah. Then you guys came into. Yeah. And like so that like the likelihood of somebody like myself getting into the St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame is slim to none, and yeah. I, I'm, I I don't care. I've actually talked about this with my team, like, I, and I'll I'll do this one day just because I, I have bitterness in me. I'll just say, like, <laughs> we're gonna start our own fucking Hall of Fame one yeah. day, like, so that guys like that can get credit, like, because like, you see, Good. like, all these guys that are real popular now, like the fucking Garys, the Vegas, the Fitchets, and and the War Horses, and and like the Mike Outlaws and all those guys, you can follow the fucking tree yeah. to like these other guys. Yeah. You, Billy, Ryan Ash, all the people I just mentioned. And you can follow them to these older guys. Absolutely. But those older guys, like they've gotten their fucking respect. And they've got that's part of why we're here doing this tournament. Because I look at those things and I'm like, well, wait a fucking minute. These other people have done things too, but right. why aren't they getting credit? Because they moved on? Because they didn't stick around 50 fucking years. Like, no, like they deserve credit too. And it don't seem like that happens because people don't like certain people and it's wrestling politics, but. Which we won't go into on here. <laughs> but on but Patreon, in the Patreon. <laughs> anarchy. Patreon.com slash anarchy STL. We do dive into that a little bit more. Forward but uh, So you do GCW for a long time, uh, you do LWA for yeah. a long time. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your fucking series of matches with Nick Tyson. Okay. Uh, because I always, like, at, at that particular time, those were the best matches going on in St. Louis. Yeah, they really were. I uh, think so. <laughs> you guys had great chemistry. They were worth at least one mattress. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's a really good joke. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> no one knows it. We do. <laughs> but like you guys had great matches. Thank you. Uh, so I want to talk awesome. about those a bit. I mean, they got you to Can- they got him to Kansas. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got he got uh, old Nick Tyson all the way out to Kansas City. Yeah, uh, <laughs> got somebody else a little further. Yeah. Um, no, Nick Nick was great. He was he really was. Uh, we were just talking about that today. In that um, I was talking about it with Gary. In that like uh, Nick was one of the guys that like. I worked with like uh, Seidel and Delirious and uh, Outcast and all the other younger guys from GCW, but then like outside of that world, there there wasn't so much for me in the right. in the local area because mm-hmm. like you have that crew and it's like okay, I know your spots, you know my spots, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. We do the same thing over and over and over again, so you're gonna have to branch out eventually. So then like when we got to branch out and, and I get to work, Nick, it was it was good. Yeah. It was really good. He was very talented, super talented. Should have never walked away. I should have never walked away, but he we'll definitely. Right. Yeah, he should have never walked away. Um, I do every match that I worked with him, singles and tag was fucking awesome. I uh, like we we did a tag match uh, for like some for Butch Fletcher. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I remember that one. We did the uh, the tags with Shelly and Saban. Yeah, that was. Amazing! I love that one. And then I did a singles match with him in Kansas City, and I think that was the the start of the downfall. Uh, yeah, because um, it was we really pushed ourselves to limit. I, en- I ended up like just potatoed him really fucking hard in the corner, like really hard, <laughs> blasted the corner, like blacked his eye. And for all that, I got the rub, and yeah. he got sent home. And I felt bad. I felt really bad. Yeah. For well, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. Like when you start dissecting everything, like you always had a much better look than him, and you were as equally as talented as he was, but you had the better look. And he fucked himself because in a lot of ways, like that night, yeah, you got the rub. You got told to, hey, start coming to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Start doing this. Like, you're, you're, you know, you're going to get looked at. Well, okay, meanwhile, about a couple of years, I don't even know, maybe even a year, a couple of years, who knows the timeline. He wrestles Alex Shelley in a singles, right. and Alex Shelley tells him, hey, dude, I'll get you booked anywhere you want to go. Yep, absolutely. You come to Detroit with Dingo, and we'll get you on. Yep. And I went to Detroit on that trip. With you, yeah. not with him. He yep. wouldn't go. And if he would have went and did that... He would have got booked. He would have gotten booked. Yep, and, sure and, and too, like, he was different in the, res- in the respect of, like, we had that match in Texas and he was on his way out. And we, like, tore the fucking house down. The we, yeah, it was me and yeah. Tyson against you and Gary. Yeah. And we tore the house down. And... Got the standing ovation. Got the please come back. Was this the one Dragon Gate represented? Yeah, yeah. Dragon Gate guys put it over in the back to us. It might have probably been fucking most overmatch like work rate match maybe I was ever in because like it, it went really fucking well. Broke and your people, foot. Yeah, people. That was on the rematch. Oh, okay. the original match. And I mean, it went fantastic. But he was on his way out. Yeah. And I just remember in the ring. So you're even in the moment of all this. And I remember you going, dude, like, you can't quit. Like, you say that to him in the ring. And he just goes, nope, I'm done. I was like, good God. Like, you're not going to even try? Like, you've put this work. I didn't remember that until just now. (laughs) And and now it's it's making me seethe. Yeah. Was it? Did I say that out loud, or was it like? A, yeah, you said it too. Like you like kind of like whispered. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was giving him a hug. I said, "You can't fucking quit. You cannot. Like you can't. Like." And he sure did. Like he did. He came back for a little run, and, and he was great again. And then he ended up fizzling out and leaving. But uh, 
that's one thing like you did like where you would quit and come back and I'd always be amazed like you would just walk back in and be able to go Never fucking lost the <laughs> tear, tear the house down I'm like god damn it I'll go to Chicago so <laughs> yeah I would be so mad but uh mm-hmm. so you did you did uh you did a whole lot with Ring of Honor like let's talk about that like okay. how did you end up getting introduced to Ring of Honor and all that are we done with GCW? Because I had GCW. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah fire away. Yeah, you're, you're being too loud anyways. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know, it's been a while since we got to do this. <laughs> and I, I was busy yesterday too, so you're like, hey, hey, Dingo, bye, Dingo. Yeah. Cool. Got to go home now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how did you invent the chair salt? I didn't. I stole it from Pete Med. Well, he, he gave it to me. Well, I politely asked, as you should, because I was like, hi, your bro. Can I use your gimmick, sir? Um, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't want to steal it. Like, no gimmick infringement. I politely asked, and he said, you should do it. And he taught me how to do it, and it's it's a moonsault with a chair. Yeah. yeah. That, that was more of a joke to lead into the actual question. But I oh, appreciate well, the clarification. Jesus so, hell yeah. Idiot. It's like <laughs> no, right over my head. <laughs> no, dude. Like, literally, I just have the dry sense of humor. And Anyway, yes. Who are some of your favorite people to wrestle in early GCW? Like, I can think of a couple of fun matches that you had, but, like, what about you? Uh, Seidel, Dan Walsh, uh, Jack Law, so Jack Adonis. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Delirious. Yeah. Who's that now? I'm hunting for the name. Uh, <laughs> Got uh, him. Uh, no, yeah, definitely Seidel, because... I don't think he, well, he might have did it in the backyard days, but he was, like, not really ever doing the Dragon Rana, and it was a fun thing to, like, develop in front of, like, an indie crowd because they really hadn't seen much of it. Uh, the Outcast, a lot of, like, a lot of good Um The guys that I really liked working with on, like, the old school side would be, like, uh, Kevin Sharp because that dude could go. Dude, he could work. <gasps> he like could go of... and work. And, yeah. Like, and if you're, you're a little guy, twice. Yeah. he's a big guy. Well, he's not a big guy, but, like, he's, he's a first guy. he was, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was, like, then... He by, wasn't tall, but he was built by yeah. like like Fed standards or WCW yeah. standards. He would be like a, like a like a lightweight, like a, yeah. like a cruiserweight. Yeah. yeah, but he could throw you around, make you look good, sell for you. I love when he came sell. in. He came into LWA one, one. night, yeah, yeah. and like at that time, it, like I don't, I'm pretty sure you'd been there by then, but not a lot of GCW guys we had booked yet there. Yeah. and he came in and he was in the main with Raw. I remember, yeah, and man, tore it up, get over. It's Corey like, Twist, too. yep, he's yeah. another one. Corey, I was, I, was gonna, I was coming to him. When, yeah. when we talk about St. Louis wrestling and guys that like should have fucking been on TV, we always say it would be you, Tyson, and Corey Twist. Corey, like, Corey was Twist so was fucking. I would so argue good. Dan too. Dan has a lot of charisma. He I, was on TV. Yeah, he had a run on the oh, wrestling TV. I know. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, he was, like the Miz was there, so uh, close oh, enough. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Dan Walsh deserves more credit too. Uh, Absolutely. So Kevin Sharp, I do you remember this when we were in the locker room one day? He's changing down, and he like him and Ben get into it. Yeah. Oh my God, he's in just like his G string, and he is just. Motherfucking <laughs> yeah, bad, yeah. and the rest of us are just like slowly making our way to the door because, <laughs> yeah. like, if a fight breaks out, nobody wants to be the guy that has to like separate them. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Nobody would. It's yeah, happens. It's <laughs> happens. So that normalcy too to see Kevin just butt ass naked, basically. Well, he went in with a shooter, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> like, fuck, man. I just remember that, and just like me and Matt looking at each other, looking over at Gary, who's trying to look at Cabal, and we're just like. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Mostly uh, to get away from Cabal. But yeah, this too, yeah. I had a great GCW oh, story where at this point we're trading talent. So we have GCW guys on LWA, then like me, Evan, Gary, Raw, Dorian were doing GCW. Well, not Raw, but Raw was going to do one show because 
Corey Twist came to LWA and put over Raw. Yeah. So Raw was going to go to Cape Girardeau and put over Corey for GCW. It's high drama, right? Right. It's like high politics. Yeah, because because Adam (laughs) Raw and Big Bad Ben didn't get along at all, even though Adam Raw swears to God that Ben tried to kiss him at a Rampage show. That sounds about right. (laughs) Oh, it was. Because it's like funny. Because, you know, pro wrestling's the only business in the world where, like, even if you fucking hate somebody... If you come across them at another show, you should you're supposed to shake their hand or yeah, you got a brother, hug, the brother. hug them or whatever. And I guess that happened. They came across each other at some other indie and like shook each other's hands and like both kind of went in for the hug and almost like kissed each other. <laughs> so then Raga Ben tried to kiss me, but anyway, <laughs> they did not get along. And like at that particular time in our career, like I booked LWA, but. Adam Raw was like the boss. Like I just would put matches down. Like I think we should do this, and then usually he'd just do them. But he was the boss, and he fucking bitched at us constantly. For like like you were Patterson, and he was Vince. right. Like, uh, like yeah. he fucking hated us doing GCW. He motherfuck us all the time for. He hated he, him and Ben didn't get along at that particular time. But he agreed to do the match because it was he did the job here. But like you said, high politics. Yep, high politics. So here we're off to Cape Girardeau. It's me, Evan, Gary, and Raw. And he's like, I'm going to phone this. Year. My goal is to puke in the ring. So we stop at Arby's to get food. Yeah, and as he, you do. And he eats yeah. like three fucking double roast beef sandwiches. They got the beef and yeah. a large and soda, shits. and had like fucking two shakes, two mocha shakes, and he eat all of it in one sitting when we were there. That's and a, that's he, amazing. And story. then he goes out there in Cape Girardeau. They tear the house down. They had a way better match in Cape Girardeau <laughs> than they did for LWA. And he was so mad afterwards. Because he didn't shave his chest or anything. He didn't tan before. Yeah, he went. He purposely didn't work out the week leading up to it. Yes. But then they went out there. And they ended up tearing the house down. And he's like, oh, damn it. He was mad about it. But Yeah, I remember. Talking about Raw and that time he tried to phone it in against hey, Corey Twist. Oh, yeah, and he then 13 ended. shakes at Arby's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got the beef, man, I'm telling you. You say something about ROH? Yeah, so that's where we were going here. Yeah. We're going to go into how did you get introduced to, like, Ring of Honor, how did all that happen? I got introduced to Ring of Honor because uh, I I did that job with, not job, I did that match with uh, Tyson, got in the back, uh, Smojo was on the card, and he was like, wow, you got really good ring presence. That's fantastic. You, uh, you're, you're athletically sound. You got a decent look. You got really good ring presence. You have a great natural charisma. Yeah, apparently. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> you draw people in, man. So I uh, draw me you. in. Oh, chase me. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so I uh, Jackson just dabbed. Uh, he he, uh, he goes. I need you to come to Chicago. I want you to meet with Gabe Sapolsky, and we'll get you on a card. So I go up to Chicago. The very next opportunity I have. No luck. Uh, and I, uh, the people that take my spot for that evening was uh, one Michael Elgin. Okay. And, uh, Local some legend. Of, some of his other guys, I think. Uh, oh, they don't know what they're seeing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so, you know, just watch the show, do whatever. Come back like a month later, and uh, Joe was on his way out at that point. I mm. think he was heading to TNA. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, that's and, how uh, that tracks. And... Uh, he still like left a good word with Sapolsky, and by that time Hunter was starting to get everybody knows everybody fucking knows. Yeah, yeah Hunter Triple was, H. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Levesque was really good with, uh, but no. Uh, so they gave me an opportunity to dark match, 
And I don't honestly even remember my first. Do you remember who my first dark match was with Ring of Honor? Because I was in Detroit. What was it? No, 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 no. It was. It was Chicago. For sure, for sure, Chicago. Detroit was the second one, then. I did uh, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Dayton. Uh, I think Detroit was the first one because we were with you. Yeah, it was, was WrestleMania it? weekend because we, yeah. we that was uh, the. Was that the infamous one where you were crammed in the back of the van, the truck? Was it that? On one? the way yeah, back. The picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a great story. We we go up with him to the Ring of Honor. It's a couple local promoters, and it's Dingo, me, Gary. So we're full car. And we get to Detroit, and Matt Seidel politely asks for a ride home. Yeah. And so Gary fucking rode back 10 hours to Detroit in the fucking trunk. With gear all with over. With gear. And I, at 6'2", sat in the middle for 10 hours. Yeah, it was tough. Oh, it was horrible. Sounds great. That's how I got in the Ring of Honor, boys. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just, I showed up. I showed up, and I kept showing up, and I would rent my own cars, and would do stupid shit, like pay myself, you know. But then, like, they... You'd invest in yourself. I invest in myself. There's a difference, I think, that investing in yourself versus working something for free. Right. I think we're not going to get into. Yeah. But, like, just to circle back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah, and that's what I did. I just kept going. I kept investing in myself, and they took notice. Right. And And they were like, okay, well, we expect you to be here now. And then, you know... So you had a, well, the most infamous one probably was the one where you went uh, to the Philadelphia on your own. And yeah. And wrestled Davey Richards. Yeah, that was fun. It was a good time. And, and again, we've, we've talked a lot about Davey on the podcast. And, like, he, he used to have a bad reputation. He's rebuilt a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But back then, like, he was great to you. Because yeah. the original booking for that, like, what they originally wanted was him to squash you, right? Yeah, like, like a three-minute squash. It was supposed and, to be a squash. And, and Davey took liberties yeah. and gave me, like, an extra two minutes, basically. Mm-hmm. He, he rushed himself to the ring with his entrance so he could, like, shave off another 15, 30 seconds something like that he really put me over made me look mm-hmm. good shined me up really good he gave me spots and made himself look bad so that the crowd would like basically he took heat you know he right. took heat and it made me look good and I'm forever in his debt for it yeah what good bad or indifferent for his behavior right you know I mm-hmm. am forever in his debt because he really put me over and beautiful side note if you look real closely when I'm getting a <laughs> Getting a suplex, you might get a little surprise. Yeah. It's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, getting a suplex in the corner, and uh, well, yeah, all right. You'll see it. When you, if you know, you know. Well, yeah, you'll see it. Um, Don't well, send us clips. The Ring of Honor run comes to an end. Um, do you want to talk about that or no? Yeah, we can talk about it. It's fine. My life's an open book ever since, you like, like 2010. Yeah, I don't so want you to get heat with Ian. He's running hot right now. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, so while you're doing this Ring of Honor stuff, you you become the uh, the, the Ring of Honor, the IWA IWA Mid South Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. And which he, Jason did you beat for that again? Uh, let's see, let's see, Swift, Strife, Hades, uh, Hades. There's a lot of them up there. There, like I remember building the cage for the Jason versus Jason first name match. That's right, Jason yeah. Quick. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought it was Swift. It was Quick. Yeah. Um, so like. While this maybe wasn't a smart decision, you have to put yourself in the mindset of where, how you come up and where you are at that particular time. Yeah. And being a old school guy, because we even came up during this particular like mindset of yeah. wrestling, is like I hold this place's belt. IWA at one time was like a top indie, yeah, and I'm their guy. Yeah, and two, you know, 
they're giving me dates. They're paying me because yeah. they did pay you, <laughs> regardless of other business they did. But right. So, like, you have that belt. And I remember at the time I was living on Butler Hill Road in South County. Yep. And you were at my house. And you're oh, yeah, I use the computer. So you get on the computer. You're like, yeah, I got to email Gabe. Uh, got to tell him I can't lose in Dayton or Chicago because Ian don't want me to lose. I'm really wishing I'm, you would have unplugged your phone. Because <laughs> I'm the champion. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I wouldn't send that email. Like, he's not going to like that. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. You were right. And you made the decision to do it. Yeah. Where, And ultimately, Gabe decided not to book you. And that was the end of the Ring of Honor run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about how you got into IWA, too? Yeah. Because yeah, I sure. think that, like, yeah. we're, like, we're skipping a big chapter right. there, too. How much time do we have? We have oh, we oh, as long as you want to talk. Yeah, oh, we yeah. got time. Okay. Yeah. The IWA thing was, was uh, I went to an April Blood Shower show in, I want to say it was, like, Midlothian or maybe a different Indiana. Sure. Or an Illinois show. Um, and I went with Big Ben. And Ben was like, hey, put him on the card. Put him on the card. No, that didn't happen. So, finally... I just said, I much like the Ring of Honor thing. I just like showed up. Yeah. I just showed up. Um, I emailed him. Yeah. Just emailed him like, hey, I'm this person. I'm looking for work. I don't know if you remember Ben Oliver. He used to do ECW, blah, 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 blah. And I just marked, I, w- I just did a mark move and mm-hmm. like, I need to work. And, uh, it, you know, he took a chance on me and I worked like a six man scramble. Uh, I worked scrambles for. Months, yeah, months, and then then he started putting me in singles, and that's how I got an IWA. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> cut and dry. It's pretty cut and dry, right? And at that time too, like IWA wasn't like at its peak, peak where it was, but they were still they were know, they, they, they were a quality independent wrestling promotion. Holy shit, are sure. we the heralds of everything going downhill? Because when <laughs> we started going to GCW downhill, when you started bringing us to IWA downhill, holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, I think all... we're the harbingers of yeah. This might yeah. be our fault. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I actually had a conversation with uh, Gabe recently about you, where he was talking about how he was looking at you back when he was starting Evolve. Uh, yeah, did he, he ever talked to you about yeah, that? Yeah, he anything? did. He called me. Uh, well, not called me, but like I think it was texting, texting or email. I can't remember. But he wanted me to do uh, Samurai Del Sol. He wanted to work with Samurai Del Sol. Yeah. And I w- at that point I was out for like two years. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, man, I got this opportunity for you." Blah 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 blah. And something about Samurai Del Sol, and I'm like. Man, that sounds great. And like the mark in me was like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do this. I'm gonna fucking do this. But then like reality sets in. I'm like, I will shit the bed. I will absolutely shit the bed if I go out there and even attempt to do something. <laughs> so I had to tell him, I was like, I'm sorry, man. I just I I don't have it right now. And I really appreciate the opportunity, but it's just I can't. I can't. Right. I thought it was a fucking rib. Right. I really thought it was a rib until he kept it going for like a week. And I'm like, I, I just can't, man. I, I would love to, but I can't. And he goes, well, you know, keep me in mind in the future. And then I, I ended up, when I moved to Chicago, I ended up running to him at the Berwyn building. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just fucking around living in Chicago now. And he's like, let me know if you're still working. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not, but all right. All right. I mean, I'll sell popcorn for you. <laughs> you sell popcorn, we'll sling dogs. We'll have a fucking yeah, company yeah. on ourselves. Yeah, you sell, a t-shirt guy or yeah. something? I'll go without you. Not <laughs> off the press. Oh man. So I don't know, man. Like I was kind of jumping all over the place. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, like, this fine. is what we do. Like when we do, we always do these podcasts with people that like eat. Like it's much easier when they're just like guys that we don't know super well because oh, then you okay. can just talk with like 
God, we've done like there's so much shit. To yeah, talk I've about. made over you know a fucking dozen inside jokes that no one will understand. Will, no. So, so yeah. it's like it's difficult because it's like I can ask you about this, but I already know about it. But the fans don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a different. Just ask me one question, we'll beep out the answer. Yeah. Here. Find it on the Patreon. It's wild just to see like the influence that you've had on the wrestling around here for, like, so many fucking years. I don't buy it. Like, you guys like, tell me this all the time. Man, I just like, don't fucking you've buy influenced it. Like, us you, you, you can Look see at it, Gary himself. Like, like yeah. you can see yeah. it because, like, back in those days when we would go travel and, like, and, and, and maybe this isn't good. I don't know. But we oh, would go shit. do these other shows, and it was always, like, the St. Louis guys, man, like, they're heavy. They'll beat you up. And it's like, that was because of you. Like, how you fucking train people. Or, like, you didn't train any of us from the ground up, but, like, we fucking traveled with you. you and, like, we would listen to that. And then Gary has the most, like, one-on-one, like, working with you than any of us, sit, like, sitting here. But uh, The St. Louis style that I came from was really, like, the guys that taught me... Um, were like Orton was like junior, not Randy. Yeah. He was there at the gym time to time and would roll around with us. And then the guys that rolled around with us were like guys who came up from really old school St. Louis, guys that were taught by like, like Pat O'Connor and Fez yeah. and shit like that. So it was snug, everything was snug and it worked good. It was strong, not, not like stiff, right. but snug. You lay it in there, you were safe. You made it work. Because back in the day, like, you did stuff on the floor. You, you had to bring it. You yeah. had to. Just, it was like, and you're right. I remember those people. You'd show up to shows. Like, oh, God, he's a crowbar. He'll beat <laughs> yeah, that, the shit out that, of that you. That was the favorite phrasing back then. You're a crowbar. Yeah, you're a crowbar. Uh, hurt that. you. But, uh, yeah, that's the way it was. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh man. I, I do remember those, and I'm just thinking of the funny times. And like, I remember a match a, you had with Gary in Afton, Missouri, where you chopped him, I think the total was 58 times. We are just talking about this today. Front and back. <laughs> and, like, nowadays, like, if someone would see that, they would be like, oh, my God, like, shit, you'd probably be kicked out of business for it nowadays. But back At then, Twitter. Yeah. It, it was like, I don't know, man, it's just the way people worked. Like, Adam Raw wrestled Michael Strider. It was the same thing. Yeah. Like, Raw was calling for Strider to, like, beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. And it's just... That's the way the business was back then. And maybe that was wrong. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Who, I don't who, think it was. Who am I to say? I don't think it was. I think um, a lot of us in St. Louis coming out of the way, I were taught like a real, like I said, real snug Southern style. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it worked out. And then so what happens is you get like a lot of new influence from ECW and you right. get a lot of new influence from the East Coast. So that like commingles with each other. And now you get guys – like doing like trio woe baseball slide like stiff drop kicks to the face so it kind of like goes off track a little bit right and gets a little silly but also the guys are like well stop being a little bitch right like stop being a little bitch and just you'll be okay it's fine well and too there's a big difference between being physical and both people agreeing like hey we're just gonna be physical out there and taking advantage of somebody. Being unsafe. Right. Yeah. I think that when people see, like, because now present day wrestling, the, the, the gimmick is, like, someone will work with Gary and get chopped maybe four times, yeah. five times, maybe six. Are but, they complaining? But, Are they well, complaining? well, no, no, not complaining, but, like, 
I think when you're st- when you start being known is like this guy chops hard. Yeah. So when guys work with that guy, they want to take the chops yeah. because they've heard about it from all these other people and on Twitter and all that shit. So they'll take the chops. They want to. And then because it's social media era now and all this, they take pictures of themselves and be like, man, yeah, I've seen him. Like seen he beat the shit out of me or like I did this and like it's funny because they're proud of it, and yeah. they should be. Like, you go in there, it's physical. It's not fucking ballet. It's a physical sport. Yeah. So they're proud of it. Yeah. But the trickle-down is, though, someone like Gary gets heat for it from people and be like, oh, I would never let him do that. That's unsafe. It's like, well, wait, were you in there, number one? Right. Were you part of the planning process, number two? Right. Did you watch the match, number three, to see even how many times? I've seen Gary fucking chop a guy three times. It looks like he killed him. Yeah. And, and I've seen a- Gary take so much more back. Right. So it's like... It's just a different era now, but like back in our day, there wasn't all this. No, we didn't dissect that. it. Like, we didn't just dissect went out it there. So and we just <laughs> said we dissected our matches. Yeah, it was like it, this is what we fucked up. Yeah, like we don't even. You don't even like. You didn't have to die, like go. You know, were you there? Did you plan? Blah 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 blah. These are all good, valid points. But like, you know, I wouldn't let him do that to me. Well, all right, cool. Like that's all. I was like, go go fuck yourself. Like, I mean, like. <laughs> I didn't, like, I don't, I'm done talking to you. Like, I, that's a valid point, sir. Thank you very much. Right. I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. Like, it's that it, their match is none of your business, so why do you give a shit? I Thank you for your valid opinion, I guess, but yeah. we'll see you next time. <laughs> right. No, you're right. And it's like, unless if the other competitor is going, I felt like I was taken advantage of, then the rest of it don't matter. It's yeah. Two, it's yeah. two consenting athletes fucking going in there because there's some guys that don't like to fucking work physical. And that's fine too, but like I don't know, like you said, other person's matches, nobody else's. Right, matches, you right. know, there's you, you think like somebody in the back when when Foley took the plunge off the apron, but I would never let him. No, I never did. There probably was, but you know what? He probably said, "I don't give a shit what you think," yeah. and you, I shouldn't. Why, why bother? Like it's it, this is not your bump. This is my bump. <laughs> right. So go eat shit. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where do we go from there? Yeah, all right, guys, we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, about, we'll do about, go about another 10 minutes. Okay, later. we'll give them a full hour. Yeah, so. Um, Break it up into 16 parts. I, I got the, que- the question people are going to want to know here, Dingo, is is there any chance we're ever going to see you wrestle again? Yeah, there's a chance. Because I've been bitching you for years. I've been bitching for years, and you'll attest to how many times I've messaged you and just said, come back, do one fucking match. I appreciate there's There's been like. <laughs> There's been two people that I rep- like. I really have a lot of respect for two promoters that I have a lot of respect for that have asked me, well, that have asked me to like, hey, would you be willing to? Would you want to? And I say, yeah. I mean, I'll give it some thought. Yeah. But there's only been one person that which would be you that has gone. I will give you whatever time you need to put yourself into whatever position you need. Just let me know in due time so I can promote it well. Right. You know, I'm not going to like go, hey, I really need you for November if you're willing in November, even though you're a big, fat, sloppy piece of crap right now. <laughs> and like, you might be able to give me five minutes. I think it'd be great. Right. Because the crowd will love it. Yeah. No, like, you have respect for the crowd and you have respect for the wrestler. So uh, the fact that you're offering me, that, that you, you could offer me the ability to like come back and give me plenty of time to write myself beforehand I, I really appreciate that uh, the answer to your question is yeah absolutely there is a, definitely a, a very good possibility that you could see me do something again my, my, yeah. I'm just, like to be 100% transparent yeah. my biggest concern is my head yeah. like I've had 
too many concussions, just like every dumb indie wrestler that's done dumb, stupid shit, thinking that, like, there's 50 people out there that are really going to think this moonsault's cool. And I've, I've hit my head too many times. And that's my biggest apprehension and fear mm-hmm. is getting a, a concussion that's going to, like, lead me to eating soup for the rest of my right, life. Right, sure. And, and that's a fair that's a fair worry. I mean, mm-hmm. and look, if it's never able to happen, that that's part of why I wanted to do this weekend Thank with, you. when we – when I came up with, and this is so crazy, like, this wasn't a big, like, long-term fucking thinking process to do this weekend. Pretty much what it was, pandemic had just started. Yeah. And uh, people, IWTV was doing a gimmick where, like, they were showing shows and stuff on on uh, on their streaming service. And one, they showed one of our old shows, and people were like, oh, man, it was one that you must have, you had to have been on because they were talking about you. Really? Okay. And at that time, like, PWCS had just quit running, and they did the STLI every year, and I was like, well, we're going to take that over because I wanted – there was, like, the, the cup and the tournament. I was like, I want to keep that going that they were doing so that they their lineage could keep going. And I fucking, you know, I want to change this into the dingo because I think that – I mean, it would then mean even more because it's fucking promoting this dude that did a lot for the area, and I just fucking text Greg, go, hey, I want to change the name of the tournament to this. And he goes, yeah, man, that sounds fucking great. And we legit released it publicly right after that. Wow. <laughs> it awesome. was like a fucking like ten minute fucking thing ago. Hey, hey, here we go. Yeah, it's like all right, well that's done. We're gonna do that. But then like the pandemic happened, so like this was in 2020 that we yeah. said we were gonna do I this. And, it broke my heart, dude. Yeah, it, it, like yeah. it really did. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and it here we are, two years later, able to do it because it took time because the pandemic, and then we weren't running shows, and I didn't want to do it when we had limited attendance because I just running a 24 fucking person tournament we needed to be able to draw as much as we can mm-hmm. and two years later here we are so like that i wanted to do that just in case like maybe you you aren't able to wrestle again it's not guarantee but i always was like i want just one more match like because you deserve a send-off so oh, yeah. rather that's a match and then a send-off or you come out night two of this fucking tournament and give a speech and that's the send-off either way you deserve a send off. Nobody, like, nobody ever. Well, thank you. Like nobody ever really retires. No, no. Whether it's, I mean, you might pull back from like, you know, in ring competition, or you move yourself to like behind the scenes. You work mm-hmm. like agent or whatever. But like nobody ever really, really right. retires. Everybody's a good idea away, and it might like if you catch any wrestler on a. Good day with a decent idea. They're gonna be back in the fucking ring. Except for Flair, he should retire. He's coming back. Again. <laughs> yeah, that, well, there's a lot of guys that should retire <sighs> slash quit. But like, that's the thing though. It goes both ways, good and bad. True, like, true, like true, there are guys that mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing this that keep doing it. And I, I used to fucking hate people like that, but I don't really anymore because when you get older, you kind of understand it. Like you kind of get like, eh, all right, you may suck, but I kind of get why you want to be a part of it. It's just when you get so bad, you put other people's health at risk. Yeah. Yeah. Is when yeah. you gotta be like, all right, someone then needs to remove you from the situation. A wrestler isn't gonna remove their self from the situation. No, no. It needs to be the promoter, booker, whoever to go. All right, like I'll give you one more, and so you can have a center. Because I do believe, even if I think the person's shitty or whatever. Anyone who was ever like a top guy, even if it was a shitty promoter, whatever, they deserve like a send off. Like, like, like someone like Corey Twist never got a fucking send off. Hum- super humble. All the yeah. shit he super did. Super good for, guy. Yeah. All the yeah. shit he did for GCW. He was the guy in St. Louis at a period of time. He Corey was. Twist was the guy. Never got a send off. Nick Tyson at one period of time. The guy in St. Louis. 
Never got a send off. Cameron of, Cage never got yeah, a send off. A lot of times, off. though, too, those guys remove themselves from that, from, right? Like from it, they and take they, it away from themselves. Yeah, right, it's it's right. not the promoter's fault. Like they I'm don't not, stay in touch with anybody. Right, ever. right. It's usually the talent's fault when they don't get the send off. Like it's not like the promoter just going like, ah, oh, I'm throwing you out like a bag of laundry. Like, <laughs> it, it's just a yeah. You're right. The talent drops off face of the earth. You don't hear from them. They don't get the send off. Or you end up like Dennis Stamp on a trampoline with weights. <laughs> right, not right, right. Not right. Well, that, that would probably, I guess, be the promoter's fault. But, yeah. uh, just things about the television. According to oh, yeah. you can only record sixty minutes. All right, so uh, we're actually running out of space. Yeah, we are. So, what did Jackson do to bring you back for NWO? What did you do to bring me back for NWO? <laughs> I probably told you, hey, dude, you need to be a part of this. It's, yeah. good, it's good money, and yeah. you'd be able to have fun. That's probably what I said. <laughs> you know, I think verbatim. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I think there was a point because I was living at the Lake of the Ozarks that point, yeah. and there was a point where like I was kind of like, "Hey," I was like poking at the, I was like, yeah. "Hey, is there anything going on?" Because yeah. I can use me if you need me, and there was I, I think legitimately there was just no space at that time, and everything yeah. was like you were everybody was trying to get a good foundation going before you could start pulling in names. Well, you wanted a full time. I did. The, I, they, I angled. I wanted you for the trainer yeah. position. And, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris was like, "Well, I don't know if he if he'll move here. If he'd really move here." And that like it was the hang up on that. Like, is he didn't know if you would really move? And I was like, "Man, one question away." Right. Yeah. That's all he had yeah. to do. Well, and, and what's funny at that particular? It ended up being a fucking. Doesn't matter. Like. It's better it didn't happen because mm-hmm. at that period of time you would have gotten the job, you would have moved all the way out there, and within like three months you probably would have been laid off <laughs> yep. because we did the first round of layoffs like pretty quick Damn. after that. Damn. So it's probably a blessing in disguise. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it all happened just because I was like, dude, you got to come yep. and make some money here because yep. it, it's it's good work and yep. it, it it was different from your. Typical work rate indie, so it was a little bit safer because you could just do the TVs or whatever you wanted to do. It was, it was really good. As long as it was good, it was like you can work – you have to work hard. I'm not saying yeah. that, but like you could almost work as hard as you wanted to as long as you were working. You didn't have to fuck take pile driver on right, the floor. Right, right. You could fucking give a good bump and feed into the finish, and the crowd's <laughs> equally as happy. And Yeah. Three minutes. Boys. <laughs> yeah, Two we, minutes, we, are, we, we are watching this. Do you anything you want to say to the fans that might be listening to this? Uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, like it's sappy and whatever, but no, for real, thank you. Uh, like it's it's been a blessing to to be able to do it. Uh, thank you very much for spending your money. I mean, money's you just you spend your hard earned money. Thank you to all the boys, uh, all the girls, everything in between. Like, I really appreciate everybody, like, putting me over and helping me out throughout the years. Uh, it's, it was, it was a good, it was a good time. And there might be some more, you know? Yeah. You never know, man. Yep. There probably will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, thank uh, you guys. Who knows? If we get a more time today, maybe we'll jump on and bullshit some more and throw yeah. it on the Patreon. Well, we do have to do one more. We're going to head over to Patreon right now because we've got a shovel ready because we're going to start burying some motherfuckers. And we're going to start with sh- 